The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome back. Here we are at episode 81 of Saturday Matinee Theaters, brought to you by your friends here at the Long Box Crusade. We are back in Gotham City, in our recording studio set up in one of the many unused rooms in stately Wayne Manor. And I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the Art Sale Artist, and joining me, as always, is the soon-to-be-revealed his age, Robin, to buy Batman, is Pat Sampson, the Boy Man Wonder, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. How are you feeling today? Boy Man Wonder Christados. I am feeling splendid, Jared. And uh, may I say that now that I'm here, you're cooking with gas. Mmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm trying to remember who was cooking with gas in this episode. <laughs> That's what the commissioner said. Oh, oh okay. no, Alfred. Alfred said it. Alfred okay. said it. That they were cooking with gas. Yes, yes. Alfred said now because, see, Batman asked him to get something for Alfred to do. Oh, okay, okay. See, this is the danger of being the host, because I watched it like a week ago to prep all the script. Now, you guys probably watch it like today, <laughs> so you have a better yeah, memory yeah. of it than I do. I count on you to fill me in. You know who else I count on? Laziest Alfred Pennyworth of all time is my brother Jason the Weasel Skull Ulbrich. How are you today, Profile Jason? It has been a long crusade with my two employers, and I'm tired, and this place smells of sweat. And Ben Gay and cigarette smoke, a little bit of alcohol. The Bat Cave is reeking. It was a rough one. And I'm about to break out some airwick. That could come in handy. Uh, anyways, we also have with us the incorruptible lawman of the city. Is the Commissioner Delvin the Dark Web Williams? How do you do, Commissioner? I'm doing great. I mean, I caught the bad guy and I uncovered a secret Japanese ring in Gotham City, and I did it all by myself. That's <laughs> impressive. All me. that is impressive. How do you do it? I, I don't know. Now, I, <laughs> some would think that I just sit in the office and don't do a damn thing, you know, and, and, and let like some vigilantes take care of it, but uh-uh, no, no, sir. Mm, that no. is not the case. I mean, you I saw I kind of forgot right. you existed, if I'm being honest. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, easy, Mr. Albert, easy. I, I, I was there <laughs> behind the scenes. You didn't go to cop school for nothing. That's right. <laughs> Jump in an alligator pit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, finally, uh, we we uh, decided to bring back, I, I guess what we call the punching bag of the team. <laughs> the guy who just loves the pain. But we have a special guest to wrap this up. He was featured. Wait, wait, most- isn't that Batman? That you know, likes to <laughs> okay. So maybe he's the Batman to my Batman. I don't know. <laughs> he's our he's our special guest who uh, filled in for the most amount of episodes for this this season and uh, loved every minute of it. Welcome back, Mister Alan J. Porter. Thank you, Jared. But having rewatched this one, I'm not quite so sure I'm going to be taking up the challenge of joining you guys in future. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting watching experience. I haven't watched this episode in a long time and got quite a few things to talk about, I think, this evening. So, All right. All right. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill the beans early just for everybody out there, just basically for Alan, so he can consider whether he wants to come back to the show. Or not. <laughs> 
we are continuing our coverage of the adventures of robin hood that's not going anywhere for a while we got like 30 more episodes to do with that what has been voted on to replace this i'll tell you guys early is it's a zorro serial zorro rides again it's a 1930 off the top of my head i want to say seven serial. pat why don't you tell these folks what we got going on here well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will complete our dive into 1943's Batman serial. 1943's Batman serial was produced by Rudolph C. Florthel. It starred Lewis Wilson as Batman and Douglas Croft as Robin. So grab your batarang, fire up the Batmobile, and swing into adventure. But don't forget to always wear your rubber gloves before you pull <laughs> some levers. I love the way Doc was looking at him like, oh, 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 oh ah. <laughs> oh, he's good. Ah. Daka was playing it out to the end, man. He was, <laughs> every tool in the toolbox he was whipping out. Before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, of course, a listen to a commercial that we've been playing at the time this episode was released back in 1943. This will help us get to the right time frame of mind, if you will. Transport us back to the 40s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Airwick. Kills holders, kills holders, kills holders, kills holders. Airwick, Airwick, a great new discovery. Airwick. Airwick kills kitchen odors quick. Kills fish, cabbage, onion odors, even stale tobacco odors. Every kind of household odor has to vanish quick. Cause Airwick kills odors, Airwick kills odors, kills odors, kills odors, kills odors, kills odors. Sure, folks, Airwick, it's the little bottle with the magic wick that kills unpleasant odors, whether fish, cabbage, onions, cauliflower, or from burned foods. And, of course, in the living room, Airwick keeps the odor of stale tobacco smoke out of upholstery and draperies. And, you know, Airwick is so simple to use, it's like magic. There's nothing to light and nothing to spray. Just uncap the bottle and pull up the wick. Ask your dealer for Airwick, A-I-R-W-I-C-K. Kills odors, kills odors, kills odors, kills odors, kills odors. Uncap the bottle and pull the wick. Uncap the bottle and pull the wick. (laughs) I love that song. I knew you would. <laughs> okay. I never know what you guys are singing, but it's always funny. <laughs> That's why. What, what was the reference? I don't remember the reference. What's the actual lyrics that I was referencing? Tap the bottle and oh, twist the cap. Twist the cap. That's what it was. Thank you. Tap the bottle and 
twist the cap yet. All right. Anyway, speaking of people who put up with our horse uh, Alan, what did you think of the Airwick commercial? My first thing was I felt sorry for the people whose singing career peaked with singing the lyric, kill, odors, kill, odors, kill. But all the training... I want to be on Broadway, and I end up singing "Kill Odors, Kill." Odors. You know, I'd brag about it though. I was the Airwick guy. I was I was the third singer in there. Yeah. So, uh, to, to be honest, this commercial reminded me of my uh, grammar school, high school for you colonials, because the custodian janitor up at the school I went to used these things all over the place, particularly in the gym changing rooms. So as soon as I heard it and the whole thing about pulling up the wind, I just had these visions of these half-empty Airwick bottles stuck in the gym changing room when I was at school. So, And I did not they go to really school. They were using this in 1943. I was just going to say I did not go to school in the 1940s, but, uh, yeah. But there was a 19 in front of it. I will give you that. But, uh, no. So, yeah, it, it, weirdly, it just gave me actually flashbacks to school. But, yeah. Did it indeed kill odors? Kill odors? <laughs> When I think back to a room full of sweaty teenage boys coming off the soccer field, no. <laughs> I just imagine it smells like uh, fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> no, fish and chips smells a lot better. <laughs> Don't ruin what I got going on here. All right. All right. Delvin, how's your odors? My odors are good. I, I, I showered shortly before we begin podcasting, so I'm about as odor-free as I possibly could be. I appreciate you asking. Uh, did, did you happen to catch uh, what... what type of scent that it was for the commercial chlorophyll more like chlorophyll (laughs) right Right? (laughs) Uh, all right that's that's joke one that's joke one and and, in joke two i'm sure that gerald also appreciate is i was a little bit misled misled by the commercial i did not see a helicopter go by and there there was that's air wolf air wolf oh (laughs) <laughs> By the way, I was thinking of that joke. Matt Passo <laughs> mentioned this. <laughs> Passo so I had that. to say it at that point. All right. That was joke one. That was joke two. Thank you for your indulgence. You can pass it to somebody else. All right. Yeah. Matt Passo, the chat said, Airwick, that's the one with the helicopter, right? And uh, Albert Elvis says, I think this is a John Wick prequel. <laughs> Pat, Airwick. Well, you know, Airwick, I didn't know they it's been around for that long. You know, they, they make the sense now. Well, obviously, they've been making sense for quite a long time, obviously, but I, I didn't know that. So really interesting to see an old bottle like that and how they described it and what they were doing with it back then. So I, I was, I found that really fascinating. You got any air wick down in the basement there, Pat? No. Just older. Sure. <laughs> Just older. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jason, you get the final word on air wick. Well, everybody's pretty much said Delvin took my, my chlorophyll more like joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, it, you know, in the spirit of what we think the odors would be killing at each of our locations, we've already got Allen's get, you know, it's killing the fish and chip smell. Delvin, it's the it's the workout and cocoa butter smell. We got <laughs> we got Pat. Pat, it's probably like that basement mold and then, you know, Wisconsin mm. cheese smell. Yeah, yeah. 
Jared, it's it's the smell of uh, a cheapness. Smell of thrift. <laughs> and Taco Bell. And Taco Bell, at least until Jordan leaves. And teenager and little boy. Me, you know, pretty much cats in old age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cat litter flexed all 454. <laughs> and then the last piece of this is uh, I've already told Mary Jane and put it in order for about two cases for our Christmas party because, you know, that's mm. coming up. So Yeah, uh, hopefully they can do like a pine scented. That'll be good. It smells like the Christmas tree. and Yeah, that would be cool. You know, uh, I, I, I like to use Airwick not so much in the morning, especially when my neighbor is clearing out his camper with his sewage. You know, because mm. I like to wake up in the morning and I, I love smelling raw sewage in the morning. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, so many different references. And the weird part is I've caught every last one of them. So, well, you know what, Delvin? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm aware. I, I I know what happens. We get carried away. I have to bring us back. I've been doing this for a while. Chapter 15 was titled The Doom of the Rising Sun. Release date was October 22nd, 1943. The director was Lambert Hillier, with writers Victor McLeod, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry L. Frazier. With guest stars J. Carol Nash as Dr. Tito Daka, William Alston as Alfred, Shirley Patterson as Linda Page, and Charles C. Wilson as Captain Arnold. As a reminder, all 15 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast, because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. There are going to be some spoilers heading your way, so if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join our discussion. It is right at 20 minutes, y'all, so it's not that big of a time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter or X using the hashtag I'm following Batman. Jared. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Jason. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Pat. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Alan. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Chris Walken. Hashtag following Batman. Treetop Tommy. Hey, baby. Hashtag, I'm a following Batman. Batman Thank you, everybody. Hashtag. <laughs> go, 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 go back to monitoring. That's all we need. Uh, hashtag, I'm following Batman. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. You know, before we do that, I just want to say that I watched a movie this past week, and it starred J. Carol Nash. And this entire time, I thought in this serial, like when he was speaking, I thought he was kind of doing a quote unquote Japanese accent. He actually talks a lot like that in his regular speech. Like when I saw him in this other movie where he played a German dude, same voice. I'm like, I think this is how he actually talks. So I thought that was interesting. Couldn't uh, wait to share that with you guys. And with that, let's get to the summary. saw Batman, he was in a crate 
tossed into Daka's pit of alligators and releasing a death scream. But now we're let in on a little secret. With the aid of his communications gear and the boy wonder, Batman escaped the crate and swapped places with one of Daka's henchmen. So, well, you know, screw that guy, I guess. Batman and Robin cleverly followed the goons with the crate back to Daka's hideout. So now they finally know how to get in. And they actually... Guys, I'm going to read the sentence. I want you to just brace yourselves. <laughs> they actually win some fights pretty handily to gain entrance. <gasps> I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I saw it with my eyes. But Daka gets the upper hand on Batman. But Robin is there with a quick save again. And Alfred brings Captain Arnold and the cops. Batman de-zombifies everybody. And Daka makes a shifty getaway. But ultimately ends up in his own gator pit. And with that, it's time for highs and lows of our final journey into the 1943 Batman serial. He starts Alan J. Tex Porter, what do you know? Actually, I'm going to start with a what the. And my what the is, what the hell was episodes 2 to 13 about? Because they bore no <laughs> relational impact on this final. You could have gone from episode 1 to this one and had a nice little 30, 40-minute Batman story. Because all the stuff in the middle didn't count for <laughs> buckus. Nana, 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 Padman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we could have just had them at the end of episode one following somebody to the cave following him in yeah you know they made a big deal of radium guns at one point yeah what was all the radium guns the stuff on the airplanes didn't they bring like a zombie soldier back from the dead at one point yeah yeah japanese spy yeah 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 Yeah. nothing to do with the final episode (laughs) the story and what was daka's big plan Uh, radium it's radium. I, I, I'm getting upset that you didn't get that obvious point. It, it radium. That was the plan. <laughs> and zombies and true serum. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, Pat. You know, Alan does have a point there, but I think it was it was all for fun. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, had some fun because with this one. With Sneaky Batman. Sneaky Bats, you know? We had Stinky Bond. Now we got Stinky. Or it's not Stinky, but if he if he was Stinky, he could probably use some airwicks in the Batcave, you know? That guy's still in the Batcave, right? That one of the... he starved two days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then he's definitely going to need some airwicks. Does it kill the order of decompositions? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But, you know, it's Sneaky Bats, and we haven't seen that before, you know, him doing the old switcheroo like that. And we haven't seen that in this style of of serial, at least the ones we've covered, where something happened and you think Batman was in the crate. But they go back several hours, I guess, and show you what actually happened and who was in the crate when it did. So I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. And I thought that was pretty cool on the... The, the creators type, you know, to, to do that kind of a storytelling like that. It played very well. I agree. Uh, one of our complaints has been not so great cliffhangers, especially compared to Flash Gordon. This one had a good cliffhanger and an interesting resolution because the Flash Gordon ones I thought were all pretty good, but they always like resolved, you know, something you didn't see in the last 30 seconds or maybe. Yeah. A minute. This one was like, hey, 
15 minutes ago. <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, that's different. So it, it, I'm with you. Big my interest. That's interesting because I haven't seen, I didn't watch the last episode. So I didn't oh. know what, didn't know what the cliffhanger coming in was. And I thought, well, this is a really low key opening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, you know, um, but uh, now you're talking about it, that actually is really clever. Yeah. Cause it's very rare that they did that at that time, that, that sort of messing with the timeline like that. So. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd known that. It might make me appreciate that opening a bit, bit more. So you would have watched probably three, you know, one, two, 14, and 15. Yeah. <laughs> or the end of 14. And yeah, yeah, or at least the end of 14. Yeah. 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 Jason. I'm going to start mine with a what the, and I'm going to tap back into a what the that I asked at the beginning of the series with those little rings, with the numbers on them. Because I, I thought, well, maybe it's, it's a, like a code ring that they all have. But then Batman puts his hand up and there's like a bat symbol on there. And one of two things popped into my mind. Like, this is either really stupid because, like, why? Or did he actually put, like, figured it out, made a little bat ring and put on there and said, knock, knock, mother. I'm coming in. <laughs> I like option B. <laughs> so so if, that's, if that's what it was, I'm all in about that. But I, yeah, I always thought it's it was good. like like an x-ray machine, you know, that would, and it shows the, you know, that, hey, he's wearing the right ring, so he's allowed in. But yeah, I had that same question. I was like, did Batman just wear a bat ring to this? <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unanimous. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was funky. So, you know, pick your own, choose your own adventure. I like to think that he, he brought it with him. It was like, yeah, it's me, sucker. That's kind of how I ended it. Cause I was like, that would be, that would be ballsy. Just like, guess who? Guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> me, Batman. It's Batman, the Dark Knight, not to be confused with the Dark Web. And it's his turn to talk. Excellent transition, Jared. So I was excellent transition and excellent conclusion. I was like, I'm satisfied with how this ended. <laughs> I, I was confused. Batman and Robin won multiple fights. I, I, I watched this at work and I'm sitting there like, I'm, I'm glad I watched this close to the end of the day because people would have been looking at, why is he making facial expressions at his phone? I was happy and excited, but confused. Maybe a little hungry. It was past lunch. I, I don't... I'm conflicted. That's all I'm saying. It's like, I'm happy, but I'm conflicted at the things that went on. Like, I was wondering how they were going to fix the Linda Page thing, and they fixed it. Um, and the rest of the people who were zombified as well, I was, it was really cool seeing Batman and DACA in the same room together, too, because this was the first time I think that they have been in the room together. I thought that. What DACA, he, he did a sort of wishy-washy thing in that he didn't mind at the beginning throwing Batman in the pit. But then later he's like, no, I want him alive. It's like, why? Why, why do you want him alive now? But it kind of makes sense. So overall, I'll just pleased <laughs> with <laughs> Batman. Bring it to someone else. I'm, I'm still processing these emotions. All right. We'll give you some time. We'll give you some time. So we'll take it to Alan. Maybe Alan can shed some light on how he felt about the wrap up or I don't put words in your mouth, Alan. So you're around to talk about what you want to talk about. I actually was disappointed in it, partly because again, I haven't, it's a long time since I've sat down and watched all the episodes. I don't know. It just felt very low key. 
very straightforward. So, yeah, I wasn't really that impressed with it. But I, I tell you, I'm not going to be Debbie Downer on everything. Um, I actually love the fact that Robin was the main hero. I mean, it was Robin that caught Dacker. It was Robin that pressed the right buttons to drop Dacker in the pit at the end. You know, it was Robin that deciphered the Morse code. It was Robin that climbed up the window and freed Batman in the first place in that uh, cliffhanger. So, you know, he really came out of Batman's shadow, I think, in this one. So I think it was it was a very strong episode for, for that character. It's like, where was he and where was all that action in all the other bits that I saw as I dropped in and out of the serial over the last few, several months? So uh, I thought Robin was great. I loved Alfred as well. I loved Alfred's enthusiasm that he was actually given something to do, the way he tried to distract the guard and stuff. So, and, and one thing that I do want to pick up on, because last time we was on the show, we were talking about the, the guy with the club who's, I love there was a bit in here that clearly showed that he was basically knocking off for the day and was going, uh, going home. And then you saw Batman coming in the cave and he took his shirt off and ran back. And it's like, so this guy's job basically is to stand there for eight hours a day and pretend he's a dummy holding the club, which he never ever uses. And then when he gets the chance to use it on Batman, he's knocked out with like two punches. <laughs> I would have been excited as hell if I was that dude. Ooh, ooh, all my training, all my training. Let's yeah. go. Let's freaking yeah. go. He's like, yeah. be still, man. Be still. Be cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just love that, that they sort of wrapped up his little story after teasing it in pretty much every single episode. Mm-hmm. They actually got him to do something at the end. But uh, yeah. we we mentioned as early as episodes of one or two. Like, I wonder when these guys are going to yeah. play. And I was so excited. I texted the group while I was watching. I was like, hey, hey he's, fighting the, he's fighting the club guy. <laughs> and he's winning. He's winning. That's <laughs> my club guy. But I just was like, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I love the fact that club guy clearly had it. It was clearly his day job when he was actually going home <laughs> when Batman came into the into the ride area so i thought it was fun you know you mentioned robin having a lot of agency in this episode and in the previous one too when he was caught in the closing like spike wall pit thing robin bailed him out with the crowbar there's been a lot of like robin saves i mentioned that in my summary and i got to thinking about that and i was like you know i wonder if that was because they do the serials for kids and they thought that kids more identify with robin the batman so they gave him a lot of these well all the 40 year old kids yeah <laughs> Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> well, yeah, Robin either earned a nice bonus or a good retirement. Oh, I have such exciting things to tell you about Robin. But first, let's hear from the Robin to my Batman. It's Christados. Well, I mentioned earlier, you know, sneaky bats, but you had sneaky Robin, too, in this. Uh, as Alan was mentoring, how much. Uh, Robin does come into play in this one. And I was surprised, you know, he single-handedly takes out Daka or, and then wraps him up like he was at a rodeo or something. <laughs> and I thought that was a, like, holy cow. He just, you know, he just got, took out Daka just like that. Speaking about Daka, my other thing is, as more of a what that is, what's with, you know, every evil villain, when it comes to their nemesis, they have to go, Ooh, I got a big plan. I, I have a big plan that I want to take them out and do something with them. And it's like, you just go kill him. You, oh, the old James Bond <laughs> monologuing. <laughs> well, he's got to, I got to sit back and think about a, a big plan. He didn't really have the time to do that because, you know, next thing you know, Batman's at the door. Oh, that was easy. But it's well, like, dude. like villain's advocate. You know, if you worked hard, right? Like you put months into this scheme and the schematics. In the plan, right? 
and you know that there's someone after you trying to stop it. First, you're like, what the heck? Why is this guy trying to stop? I, I don't know this guy. But then you get him there. It's like, you know what? I need you to appreciate the hard work that I put into <laughs> my villainry. Like, you can appreciate that before I off you. You, you owe me that at least. Yeah. This at least like and subscribe before. Right. I, you know. <laughs> this has been Villain's Advocate. You know, by mash that like button. Not, not, the, not the crocodile button. Mash the like button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Old Daka. I would have loved to see him, like, at least ask Batman some questions. You remember when he had a theory that there was an army of Batman? Yeah, I would have yeah. loved to see him. Just like, like, is it? Has it been just you the whole time? How many or? are you? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I would have lied. Like, I would have lied about Batman. In that case, I'd have been like, oh, absolutely. There's, there's totally an army. Like, you know, I, uh-huh. I let them know they're coming right now. And if I were DACA, I, I, I don't. I know that they have to do this for the point of contrivance. So consider this my turn, Jared, for the point of contrivance. But like, it would have been funny if like. Batman was like, no, no, you stay tied up. You tell me how to un, you know, unzombify Karen. And he's like, uh, yeah, press, you know, this dial here. Oh my God, you turned her into a turtle. <laughs> her head fell off. <laughs> Did I do that? Oops. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, he could have been like a real, real bad guy in that case. Like, Fine, throw me in a pit, do whatever you're gonna do to me, but they're gonna stay zombies because because when he's kind of said, I've made my choice, I almost thought that he was like, You can, you know, you can kill yeah, me. I don't too. care. I'm I'm not gonna give up the game. That's what I thought too. I'm like, oh, so he's not gonna help him. And you know, but he did. Well, and I think he you know, you know, he was playing him a little bit because he didn't he wanted him to pull that switch without those rubber gloves on. So I knew those gloves were gonna come in handy. <laughs> In handy, oh. yes. Oh. Jason, I was going to talk a little bit about the the guy with the club because I've been saying through this whole show, man, he and Batman's got to throw down. They've been teasing this for thirteen episodes. I need to see them throw down. Alan pretty much said all the cool stuff about that, so I'm going to just go with Daka and say he went out. The same way he came in. I mean, there were some really cool DACA moments in here. I loved when his crew shows up. They've got the the big uh, uh, crate with what they think is Batman in it. And they get up to go. And he's like, no, no. Let the zombies do it. You know? <laughs> like, he's just so cool. He's just like, no, no. Let the zombies do it. And he's cool throughout the entire episode. Even when they toss it in then there's like this moment of shock when they realize like oh crap that's our boy <laughs> just threw in with the alligators <laughs> and, and he's like eh, that's what you get for messing up i guess <laughs> back to business and i was like okay that's pretty cool and even when he's captured by batman he's still playing that chess game like like christados mentioned with the with the gloves you can see that look in his eyes <laughs> and then batman is actually pretty cool because he's like these gloves are here for some reason. You know what? I'm just going to put those on. And then Doc was like, dang. Ah. <laughs> I almost had him. <laughs> and then finally, he ended like the best way for any villain hoisted on his own petard, right? He had his own death trap. And Robin, we can ask medical questions about this later. <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Do you think he, Robin hit the right button or did he just oh, he did that push the button oh, that was, that was cold blooded man he was just like eh. 
beep, and dropped him on in there. So, yeah, we might have some... Uh, Batman might have to go back over ethics with Robin, criminal <laughs> ethics. Holy manslaughter, ethics. Batman! <laughs> <laughs> but would, he, would he get tried as a... You know, <laughs> underage, or would he get <laughs> is a juvenile or a, yeah. a se- adult senior citizen? I don't know, but anyway, well, good I'm in for DACA. I, yeah, I think we all ended up uh, loving DACA. And I got a thing later on in the show where we can give our, our really sort of final thoughts looking back as we tend to do on these last episodes. So you could be thinking about those. And I'm just going to roll it into the fun facts. I think it's high time we talk about Douglas Croft as Robin. I think it is high time we have this discussion. So, let me tell you a little bit about Douglas Croft. He was born in a little place called Seattle, Washington. His birth name was Douglas Malcolm Wheatcroft. He has a bit of a troubled past. His father attempted to have his mother declared dead after their divorce, so he would have to pay alimony. So, that's a thing. His mother moved him away from this odd father of his. So, he it basically was just he and his mom for a while. And she moved to California, originally San Francisco, and they moved to Los Angeles in 1941. And he was really big on wanting to nab child roles, younger roles. So much so, he would often lie about his age, saying he was younger than he actually was. He once told a newspaper he was 12 years old when he was 15. His breakout role came in 1942 for an Oscar-winning movie called Yankee Doodle Dandy. He's been in a lot of movies, actually. But here's the question. How old was he when he played Robin? (laughs) We've all had our thoughts. We've all wondered. I'm about to you reveal it. teasing this, you son of a <laughs> <laughs> Just tell us. Well, I will tell you this. First of all, to this day, he is the youngest actor to have ever played Robin. And we are watching a 16-year-old boy. I don't believe you. What? <laughs> 16 no. city miles on that boy. <laughs> <laughs> but let me let you in on another secret. Okay, he's 16. We're watching 16-year-old Douglas Croft. I think a lot of the reason why we think he's older is he has like an older man's hair. Guess what I found out? How old is his hair? It's a wig. It's not his real hair. Because he's bald. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why they opted to give him the wig. Maybe just because the darker hair looked better on screen or something. But he's wearing a wig. That is not his actual hair. He is 16 years old. (laughs) Ta-da! I would have guessed older. I would have guessed I would have guessed young to mid-20s. Yeah. That, was, that was my guess. I would have gave it that. Albert Elvis in the chat said he has 40-year-old hair. <laughs> and I think he's right. I think it's the hair that throws you. <laughs> so after all this time, boys, he is actually, to this day, the youngest, you know, actually most, you know, comic book Robin-aged Robin to play Robin. That sentence made sense. It does. So the mystery is solved. 16 years old with 40-year-old hair. <laughs> <sighs> We have people in the chat theorizing that Jason left the show because he couldn't see, he couldn't handle the 16-year-old. Uh, the no cat, was, the no cat was just meowing and meowing. <laughs> I had to let him outside. Uh, Kathy said Jason's out. Uh, Albert Elson, Jason's about to trash his place. <laughs> I invested 15 episodes. <laughs> well, yeah. And you're telling me that here's not real? Well, yeah, interesting that, that Douglas Croft actually relied on it's funny to say this. I relied on his youthful looks. He tried to play a lot of younger parts. And you think about it, it makes sense because, you know, he's actually older than a lot of the kids that are trying out. So he's, you know, he could be a better actor. But yeah. anyways, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Douglas Croft mystery is now solved. It is time to get into the Batarang ratings for this final episode. 
five batarangs means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three is about as high as Alan will go. Two is just <laughs> okay. <laughs> One, I did not like it. That kid is clearly 38 years old. And I will not listen to anything else you say. We'll start with Alan. Set the bar, sir. We are doing too many of these shows together because you nailed it. It's a three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to know him so well. Now let's go with three. All right. Let's go to uh, Pat. Oh, boy. Yeah, put me on the spot. I was hoping for somebody else to maybe go in a different way. But, you know, because I invested so much time into this, I think it did pay off. I'm still, I'm, I'm wigged out about the age now. So I kind of want to go back and watch it <laughs> <Wigged> again. <out. laughs> I kind of want to go back and, and watch it again to go, okay, is that a wig or is it not a wig? <laughs> I got, I got, I got to Like re-experience it, knowing yeah, what you know No, Knowing it's a wig and then can I see it not move in a certain way, you know, and get all to digitally remove the wig and see what it looks like. <laughs> Boy, you know what? I loved it because I think it, kind of shored up a lot of different things here was a ride to get there long and out of the way yeah it could have shortened up a little bit but i think in the end they kind of tied up a lot of the loose ends you know the best they could so i I loved it good ending all five battering that's what you're saying yeah i said five you said you loved it you loved it oh i never said it oh i never said five yeah yeah i'm giving it all five batterings all right. And an airwick. And <laughs> five bad ranks in an airwick. Let's go to Jason. We've got a three. We've got a five. Knowing the way that you score things, I think you're going to put it at a four. No, nah, I'm going to join Pat. Oh, I was wrong. Jason's big on the last episode. Yep. 2003, I spent a year in the desert eating chow hall food. And then I got came back and I got a Burger King. And we all know Burger King. Burger's a three at best. But at that moment, after <laughs> being on the desert for a year, it was a five. Similar story here. So, so yeah, I'm going to give it a five. I promise I would score it high if he fought the, the guy with the club. He fought the guy with the club. It was a good inning for the villain. We talked about the cliffhanger that they, they left at the penultimate episode. And it was a good one. And I think it's it's worth a five. Hey, man, I'm not going to question it one bit. Uh, Auburn Elvis asked in the chat, so did they film scenes that endangered a minor? And Matt Posso replied in the chat, it's the true Batman way. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. <laughs> Delvin, your Batarang rating, sir. Yeah, I mean, oh, real quick. I mean, could you imagine, like... I- how did they reconcile the fact that Jason Todd got beat the crap to death with a crowbar and blown up? How did Bruce Wayne reconcile that back in Gotham City? Uh, see, uh, what's your charity? What's your favorite charity? Tell me. What's your I'm gonna throw. <laughs> Jason's on. Uh, he's on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking a long nap. All right, ignore all of that. All right. I actually, I I was staring confused at the end of it, like with the resolution. I'm like, I'm I'm very satisfied with this and was content to give it a five. We hadn't talked about it a ton. Like, I'll just say some of the language used turned me off. Like, I was like, especially from the hero. And I'm like, ooh, mm, mm, mm-mm. So that knocks it down to a four for me. I will give it a four because like, as far as the storyline itself, 
It resolved everything that it needed to resolve. It had good moments of Robin, of the commissioner, of Robin and Batman, both actually being extensions of the law, which they established from the start. Uh, and Daka was an awesome, uh, capable uh, bad guy, too. So a lot of good things is from the start, too, from how uh, the escape. The escape was very smart. Even I wasn't the craziest about Batman necessarily getting his butt kicked to get inside of that tomb thing or whatever. But it was very, very smart of him to use uh, the device to Morse code out to his folks to come help him out. Uh, so a lot of good things in there. Uh, and, I, and I'm not going to harp so much on the bad things that I'm going to lower the rating more. But it was a good payoff to the rest of the story. So it's a four. And I think I'm going to land on a four as well. It's a pretty happy four. I liked it a lot. I think I'm, I may have Saturday matinee theater perspective lens on now. Like, you know, Flash Gordon was a five because that was bonkers and crazy and we loved every minute of it. And I don't think this quite lived up to it, but I did enjoy the ride and it was a uh, solid four for me. Auburn Elvis asked a good question in the chat and I'm going to look to, well, I know Jason's a student of especially World War II history and it wouldn't surprise me if Alan was either. I, we've never actually talked about that, but Auburn Elvis asked in the chat, Anybody know if we were winning the war in the Pacific at the time this was filmed in 1943? My sense of it is we were still kind of in the thick of it in 43, but I, you know, I will defer to Jason or Alan, either one of you, if you have thoughts on the status of the war in 43. By 1943, particularly by the end of 43, it was really apparent we were going to win the war in the Pacific. It was going to be a tough campaign because there was a lot of entrenched Japanese positions on the islands. Uh, and it was really the goal of getting long-range bombing aircraft within striking distance of mainland Japan. But the Japanese, particularly, it, it started at the Battle of Midway when they couldn't... 1942. Finish. I want to show I know something. <laughs> right. When they couldn't finish off our carrier group, and we were able to actually sink several of their carriers... And then by the time, of, like Guadalcanal was really kind of the pivotal point. Once we were able to, uh, with Marines, take that island by force. And then domestically at home, we'd really ramped up production and Japan just couldn't, you know, meet the pace of how many, you know, landing craft and aircraft and, and aircraft carriers and supporting vessels we were cranking out to what they were, what they were stuck with. And finally, the, the pilots, particularly after the Guadalcanal campaign, they lost a lot of their best pilots and they couldn't replace them fast enough with their with their system. So it, the writing was on the wall in 1943. I knew I knew Jason would jump at that. I was hoping his Internet would go out. It did not. But <laughs> No, well said, Jason. I, I knew I could count on you. This has uh, always been Jason's wheelhouse. I mean, I mean, always. I mean, I can remember being a, a kid and Jason studying this when he was a kid. So I knew I could count on him. Good question. I like the world perspective, and I like to think that sometimes we educate people here on Saturday Matinee Theater. It's not just these nuts jokes. But for the record, these nuts. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. It's so original. I don't know. All right, folks, let's thank our supporters, and then we'll come back and we'll look at some feedback on 
the shows that we uh, last episode, uh, well, the last episode that aired. We'll look at some feedback for uh, our journey overall. We'll give our final thoughts and we'll wrap it up. But let's go ahead and thank the people who support us. Of course, we're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members, some of which are in the chat watching this for Crusaders Club members only recording. We appreciate everybody who shows up for that. These are the folks who've joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes like we're doing now. Voting on show content, free raffle entries. You get priority seating to be guests on shows. There's a lot of good that can come out of it. It's probably like $60 or $70 a month if it's that much good. But we'll, we'll No. No? It's not. You guys no. told me it was $60, $70 a month. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, we did, but <laughs> we lied. It's $1. One, oh, my gosh. $1. Well, Listen, well, here are the Jared, Jared, how... How does one get onto this uh, the blooming old cave of the Lombox Crusade? I want to be part of that. How do how would I do that? Uh, I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you after we read this list of names, I will tell you. <laughs> All right. You better me, or I'm gonna punch your face out. On he, the oh, calm down over there. <laughs> My goodness, he's all amped up on this Batman. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Ezra Gallo. Gerald Green. Dude looks like a lady. Jason Lady. Dude looks like a king. Jason King. Jeremy L. Who isn't a lady? The, the L could stand for lady. We don't know that. Okay, we That's do. True. But. Still, Jim, Jarman, Jim, Jarman, Jim, Jarman, Jim, Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Jim Meal, Joe Thomas, John Watson, Josh Strickland, Candace Ward, Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP, Mark Ross, Matt and Lizzie Hosso. Matt is with us in the chat today. Thanks for being here, Matt. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Oh, hit Rick, Jeff, and Rick present. Rob Morgan. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Bradsheet. Timmy. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. Of course, if we missed anybody on the list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we will add you soon. But no worries. Let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We will get it straightened out. Now, Pat asked earlier, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? I don't want to get punched in the face, Pat. It's simple. Go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as one dollar a month you get access to the amazing world of the crusaders club we would love to have you come check it out and if you don't have any of that extra jingle jangle in your pocket maybe you blew it all on airwick that's fine maybe go over to youtube check out Longbox crusade and give us a subscription that would be sweet or of course you can always write a rating or a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on we would appreciate it that's right, Jared. You know, I'm glad you went through that all. Otherwise, I was going to be cool like DACA and mm-hmm. have Linda come over there and slap you. Okay. And then I'll just laugh. Oh, that was a good point. <laughs> can't believe yeah. I forgot that part. I think there was a lot of Linda in that. Not so much zombie Linda, but a lot of just Linda. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, I threw off that zombie thing like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was cured long ago. I- 
All right, let's take a look. Uh, the last episode that came out was chapter 13. So we will do right by the people that shared, retweeted, and commented on episode 13. Then we'll do our look back and then we'll wrap it up. So as far as our shares and retweets from chapter 13, of which was eight steps down, we have Pat. Fan Film Fridays. Doc Strange. Relatively geeky podcast. The Bat Pod. Terrence Dollard. Unpacking the power of the Power Pack because the Power Pack power does not stop. It does not stop. Doesn't. Say what? Yeah, it's true. Steve Cronin. Serpy Matt. Travis B. Hill. And we'll roll right in the comments. And Delvin, you can take this one from this, uh, I don't know, sounds like a A fake. Alan J. Porter. Alan J. Porter? That sounds like a real dodgy character. (laughs) (laughs) Too true, mate. Too true. Alan says, fun episode, guys. Both the serial and the podcast, by the way. From what I understand, Lewis Wilson wasn't drafted because he was working on propaganda pieces in Hollywood. Like the Batman cereal. Good info that, to know. That was good info. And I dropped that on somebody else recently when talking about this and acted like I just knew it. So I did you that know, he out. took all the direction. He wasn't going to, you know, artistically, I think it might be better. I mean, like, okay, artistically, you can be in Guadalcanal. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I'll do it your way. Okay, you I'll get in the crate. I'll get in the crate. <laughs> you all want me to right. lose how much? <laughs> Every fist fight? Come on. Batman, man. You're going to let some kid in a wig show me in a fight? What? You'll stick me in a box and go, help me, kid. I'm stuck in a box. Anyway, where did we leave off? I think it's my turn. Now, I got this gentleman, uh, Aaron Henley, here who says, You guys should do the next serial series with the wizard. It's so good, it got an entire riff rack, riff tracks rip for all 15 episodes. Huh. I've never heard of The Wizard. I'm unfamiliar with it as well. I may look that up and put it as uh, something people can vote for next time. I will second that recommendation. Oh, of course. We got Alan knows what it is. Got to be British, (laughs) right? British? Tantalizing. (laughs) And, you know, all recommendations go a long way. He, he recommends- No, I think he's talking about the 1949 Batman serial. Who, what now? The 1949 <laughs> Batman serial. There was a so it has the wizard in it. Is no, the wizard is the villain, villain in the okay. 1949 Batman serial. Oh, oh, I thought he was talking oh, about the it. next serial series. He's talking in Batman. Okay. It's all coming into focus now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thing we had Alan on tonight. Yes, Alan's saving the day, but you know what? It's going to be Zorro, so there you have it. <laughs> and the last one we got was from our friend Clinton down in the basement. Fan Film Friday's podcast said, putting in my guess right now to say the actor playing Robin is older than the actor playing Batman. <laughs> Legit guess, my friend. Don't be fooled by the wig. He was 16 years old. And as a reminder to everybody, you can always comment on any of our at Longbox Crusade locations, um, social medias, or you can leave a voicemail and have your voice be played on this very show. 707-532-5269, 707-532-LBOX. Morse code, pick up the phone. 
All right, let's do our final look back at the Batman serial. It was uh, it was it was good times. There was a lot to a lot to see, a lot to chat about. First, we're gonna recognize some of the f- stuff that our uh, friends sent in. We will start with Dave Battlewagon Collins. Dave sent me this. I respect this Batman more than any other incarnation. You know why? Because you have to respect a Batman that gets so much wrong, gets his butt whooped so many times. That the one time he wins a fight and gets something right, he has the balls to call the chief of police and give him a hard time, <laughs> which I do remember that happening. That was hilarious. <laughs> All that and is also ballsy enough to have his butler drive him around in his personal car. But as always, my favorite part of Saturday matinee theater is it's like seeing a movie with my friends and talking about it on the car ride home. And I like that. That was a nice, nice ending. Uh, yeah, Dave. That is nice. Thanks, Dave. Our other send in is from the voicemail line and it is from auburn elvis and uh spoiler alert it's also very nice let's give it a listen hi crusaders this is auburn elvis and i gotta say i have really enjoyed the batman serial i had never seen them before and i'm not sure what i was expecting but it wasn't what i saw so I really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, the show had its shortcomings with Batman's fighting style or lack thereof and just the other things, the, the cliffhangers not really making sense. But, you know, it was so charming. And I don't know if it was the episodes or just the way you guys presented it, but I always enjoyed every one of your episodes. So thanks for doing it. It was great. Um, and I'll say my guess for Robin's age Let's see, the actor, he has to be, he's got to be older than a kid, but a war was going on. So if he's like 20 or older or 18 or older, he should be fighting. So I'm guessing that he was probably old enough that it wouldn't matter if people made fun of him for not being in the war. So I'm going to say 25 or 52, one of those. But that's my guess. Uh, but again, yeah, thanks for the, doing the show and hashtag I'm following Batman. Very nice. Thank you, Albert awesome. Elvis. Thanks. He made a good point on trying to guess the age. Of, I, I liked the, where he was kind of going with that. He was like Definitely. moving the pieces around. Well, no, it made sense. Like, could he be in a war? If not, why, you know, I, I, I'm like, oh, I guess I never thought about that that way. I didn't think about the specter of the war either. Like, we thought about it for uh, Lewis Wilson. Mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, we never yeah. Robin. Guess because we never knew exactly how old he was. But now we know. That would could have been in it. We just had him either as too young or too old. That was well. Now we all know. And those were the send-ins when we sent out a call out to you know if people had final thoughts were from Dave and Auburn Elvis. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to do that. And what kind words? Those were really nice. I really like those. All right, guys, get your emotions on. Get your feels on. Alan has none. He's a Terminator robot sent from the future to destroy me. But. Alan, you can have the first words looking back on this whole thing. This You were on a, a handful of episodes. <laughs> I know you didn't necessarily need to be. You could have done first and last. <laughs> but looking back over the whole thing, what are your memories of this? There's no denying the place that this serial has in Batman history and Batman mythos. As a Batman historian scholar, this is a highly important point in the development of the Batman character because this is the place where we first get the Batcave that starts in this serial. The bat signal starts in this serial. The outfit that we know, the tall, skinny British guy, starts in this serial. Before that, he was a completely different character. There is a lot of things that we just take for granted as being part of the Batman 
story that came out of this serial. So yes, it's got its low points. It's it's fun to make fun of it along the way with the bad fighting, the baggy costumes, the indeterminate age of Robin. There's lots of things that you can point fingers at and laugh at or laugh along with on this serial. But if you're a Batman fan, um, this is a highly significant part of the Batman story and the development of the character. It has a very important place in Batman history. And for that, it's one of the reasons that I've actually watched it several times. It's been several years since I sat down and watched it. It was interesting dipping in to just odd episodes. And I think that's what colored my view of the last one was I didn't actually have that coherent through line, if you like. It didn't hold up well just dipping in and out of odd episodes as opposed to watching the whole 15 episodes through. So, but uh, yeah, I, you know, always will be a very important part of the Batman history. Uh, and for that, uh, I give it its props. Well said. I like that a lot. Delvin, looking back, what are you going to, what are you going to remember? What are you going to think? I'm definitely encouraged to stay in jujitsu. Um, <laughs> it clearly takes years and years of martial arts development in order to be able to fight the superstitious cowardly lot. Um, okay. The series itself, I'm glad I watched it. I cannot say it any better than Alan just said it. Um, the historical significance of the series and what it did for Batman, the character, are things that we still enjoy today. And that alone says plenty uh, about the series. Um, to me, the shining light in the series was Dr. Daka. Dr. Daka was a very good bat guy, even if there were some times we were like, what, what is his plan? <laughs> I mean, if you had right radium, <laughs> radium, that's that's the plan, radium. Um, but some of the machinations and things that he carried out were very good. If you can have a series as what 80 plus years old, um, like Batman is, and you can still look at that and see the bare bones from it in play today, enough said. That says everything that you need to know that it was seminal. It was a series that was worth the time that it took to make. You know, I think that's a great comment because we said something very similar about Flash Gordon. Remember where we were like, you know, you could look at the 1980 movie and see all the seeds from the from the serial that we covered. So, yeah, very similar. Yeah, I like that. Jason, looking back. Yeah, I think Alan and Delvin pretty much hit the high points of what I'm thinking. I suppose if I look back on it in its totality, my criticism, and I think we've kind of said this repeatedly throughout this journey, is that with the Flash Gordon serial, which was made before this, I really got a sense of what it could be, right? Like even the weakest Flash Gordon episodes ended in a pretty good cliffhanger with a pretty good resolution and had some bonkers, crazy fun. And I just think the writers were better on Flash Gordon than they were on this Batman uh, serial. The acting, though, was very good in this. One of the things I really appreciated was the chess match, the mental chess match between Daka and Batman. We really got to see Batman use his brains and his wits in his laboratory. And these are things that sometimes, even today, writers forget like how smart he is and how clever he is. 
And this show really relied on that way more, like we said, than his fighting style, right? <laughs> Which was, uh, yeah, it's shaky. Uh, bit pitchy, dog, we'll just say. And so, you know, the totality of it, it really stuck the landing at the end, as we talked about in this episode. So, so there were a lot of things to like. I mean, overall, if I had to give it, or are we going to rate, or are we going to rate it? Uh, I didn't have it in the card. Okay. <laughs> Overall, if I was going to rate the entire serial, I'd say it's probably about a three. But there were some really good elements in here. And like the folks said, it's legend. And for me, what stuck out was when I hit play on that first episode and I heard that music. And Jared will tell you, usually the music just washes right over me. But I'm like, that's the Batman animated series and the Batman in the Batman movies. This is what Danny Elfman was listening to when he put that stuff together. And it's really, really cool. So there are some really cool nuggets in this, even if it's maybe a mediocre in terms of writing uh serial. And I'll end it there. And my only comment to your comments will be, uh, yeah, you definitely can feel that Flash Gordon was written to entertain first and foremost. And then this, if you remember, one of the fun facts was it was originally written to be the Joker as the villain. So clearly it was not necessarily entertainment, but propaganda injected. And I think that's where it loses grip a little bit. I mean, we're in the middle of a war, so I'm not judging them. <laughs> you, know, you, you do what you do, right? But uh, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, Pat, looking back. You do have a point there where I think it was a little more too down to earth or, or more real life. Uh, instead of that wildness that was Flash Gordon that we are, con- you know, kind of comparing it to because that's the other serial we did. But I do think Flash Gordon had it right in the length of their serials, you know, 13. Did they need these other two with some filler? No, not really. I think if, you know, you could have shore up some things along the way uh, instead of, you know, fluffing it out so much. Alan also mentioned the you know all the stuff that is Batman, I, and I think in heart it was Batman, definitely in all kinds of way. And we got to see some really cool, fun characters. We got to see Chuck White was another uh, favorite guy to see. You got to see the guy come back and play, uh, you know, one of some of the guys from the other stuff we were watching. Uh, you know, play who played the cowboy guy that the. Oh, that was um, Middleton, who played yeah. Ming the Merciless, played Ken Colton. Yeah, Ken Colton. Yeah, and Ken Colton, too, man. And it was a lot of fun with those stuff. But all in all, both Dave and Auburn Elvis did mention it. It's just the fact of doing this stuff, watching it, and talking it about it with you guys, and, and, and communicating it, and listening to the comments from the people listening with us as well, just helps kind of bring this up and have some fun with it so i really enjoyed it i'm, I'm looking forward to the zaro you know i'm loving the robin hood right now man i'm just really enjoying the robin hood series we got going on i concur whoever came up with saturday matinee theater is pure genius <laughs> <laughs> thanks jared you know. oh, it was me <laughs> Oh, you guys have all said wonderful things. And what I did when I asked myself this question, looking back, what I remember, I just wrote down five things, the first five things that came to mind when I thought of serial. Number one, DACA. Like I was, again, I was surprised to find out that that's not so much an accent he's putting on. That is how he talks. I thought that was wild when I saw him in that other movie. Or he just does one accent because he's supposed to be German. And the other movie I was doing. 
So if I had that Sean Connery, you know, this is me with my Russian accent. This is me with my. This is me as a bear <laughs> But uh, we all said it. Daka, surprisingly cool villain. Wish DC would do more uh, with him. Notice they did a very clever thing. Saw him fall in the pit. Heard him scream. Did not see him Didn't die. Didn't see him die. Didn't see the body. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, couple of you guys mentioned this already. Got mentioned in the chat by Albert Novels. Chuck White. Chuck White was one of my favorite things about this. Is Bruce Wayne with a fake nose. <laughs> and Linda Page did not like him at all. That was great. I wrote down radium because really, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's all about radium. I wrote down time capsule because, again, when we went into this, we knew there was going to be, you know, don't mention on this episode, some terminology that didn't age well, some outlooks that didn't age well. I was really nervous about how bad it would be. I, I mean, I only can go through life with this perspective that life has given me. I didn't think it was too bad. And if you really look at it as a time capsule and as a propaganda piece, it's a fascinating piece of history. Maybe not a lot of shining moments, but, you know, sometimes you got to look at back at history, look at some of those eh moments so you don't do the eh moments again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Sometimes, you know, that, that puts it into its perspective to go, man what were we thinking back then? Yeah. Let's move forward from here. And yeah. And again, I, like I said earlier, I don't, I, I don't, ju- I don't applaud it. I don't judge them either. You know, it's, I wasn't there in the middle of the fight, uh, but it's an interesting time capsule. It's a lot like when we watch the watch when we listen to the Sherlock Holmes radios and it's always like, buy war bonds and all that stuff. You know, it just gives you a, a, a window into what, the life was like. And I think that's fascinating. Not always flattering, but fascinating. And finally, I did write down Ken Colton in my number five spot. That you, you hit the nail on the head. See, is it Charles Middleton, I think was his first name? The guy who played Ming the Merciless come back and be like the guy we were liking better than Batman because he was throwing hands in the fight and all that stuff. And he's he really got to zone. come down on him. <laughs> so those are the things I wrote down. And, and of course, wrap it all up in that LBC bow. You know, the, just doing this with you guys. Uh, you know, I did pat myself on the back earlier Saturday, Matt Day Theater. But these are just kind of old timey things that either I wanted to share with you guys or at least experience. Some of these, like I hadn't seen this before. Actually, it's a bit of a lie. There is a cut of it where they made like a, a movie length cut where they cut all 15 of them into under two hours. I think I saw that like 20 something years ago. But watching it with you guys and laughing about it, you know, and all the silliness. Uh, that's what creates the memories for me. Whenever I look at that serial, I'll just remember us laughing about Batman taking endless whoopings and guessing about how old Robin could possibly be. That's what I'm going to remember the most. Double certain Batman. <laughs> Batman or Beatman. <laughs> or uh, or now Al's got uh, Padman. You know, just pad it out. <laughs> pad it out. <laughs> and I, I will just add to Jared just real quick. is There's a historical term called presentism. And that's when we gauge from today, uh, today's lens, you know, and, and judge the, the words and actions of others. And in this case, in 1943. So that's something that uh, historians are on the lookout for. You know, we, we try to. Did we just lose Jared? Nope. No, I, I was all in on your presence. I must have clicked something by accident. Oh, I don't know. oh yeah. I was like. Yes. No. Yes. I thought presentism was that thing where if it lasted for more than four or five hours, you need to talk to your doctor. 
No, I, I, <laughs> I know you know the joke. We don't have to go into it. Here. Yeah. No. All right. No, that's 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 the toys, the the sets that we played with. You know, with the engineering, like little engineering things. Uh, uh, erector sets. Right. <laughs> so you jump from one joke to the other. You make a good point, Jason. And uh, yeah, you, you eloquently put a bow on what I was flumbling around and, and, and trying to say, and I appreciate that. Our next uh, serial that we are going to cover, as voted on by our Crusaders Club members and our Twitter followers, will be 1937's Zorro Rides Again. So let's uh, get our whips and our... Uh, was it? What does he use? What kind of sword is it? Is it like a rap- rapier? A rapier? Or I don't know how to say it. A rapier? Rapier. Rapier. Um, Saber. Is that what he uses? Like, I don't know a what the name of that saber? sword is. Uh, the Zoro sword. That's what I call it. Not as well, just a foil. It's, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, but I'm not We'll certain. all find out together. True enough. I'll, secret, I love Zoro. And double secret, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger took a lot of Zoro lore into making Batman. There's mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. are some overlaps there. <laughs> Him dying, or the parents dying at the Mask of Zorro. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he operates out of a cave under his mansion. Mm-hmm. Likes the color the black. Millionaire playboy mm-hmm. cover story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas played both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you got me thinking about an Antonio Banderas cast yes, Batman, Batman, and I'm not Ooh. against it. I go with that, yeah. <laughs> I am not against that. That's not a bad idea. Anyways, uh, this has been a blast. Uh, thank you to the guys in the chat, or our guys and gal in, in the mm-hmm. chat. Yep. And to everybody who's uh, always taking these journeys with us on Saturday Matinee Theater. This is so much fun. There's more journeys to take. And with that, over to you, Jason. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade on Spotify, Amazon, Audible, pretty much all the podcatchers out there, and also on YouTube. Just go, or go to www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear us on our track through all things James Bond, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? All right. They can. I don't think he's here. I think we're going to find good, good, You can find on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast on pretty much any podcatcher. Uh, our home base is Podbean, but we're streaming to lots of different locations. Check out www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or chat with us on Twitter at OHMSPod. Uh, there's us talking about all of us that are currently on the show, talking about all kinds of things, James Bond on the rogue agent show. And there's Alan and I talking about James Bond music on six of the best. So, and that's just some of the content you get there. So check out our bond stuff. If you're interested, would you say we're the fab five of bond? Yes. Okay. Uh, Jared, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I know Chris, Chris isn't here, uh, but. I heard I heard a rumor about him that like uh once once he gets back like we can talk about it but I heard that he really likes jujitsu I heard I heard that he's happiest when he grapples. <laughs> I'll let him know you said that. I'll let him know. Yeah, you. <laughs> it might help bridge the the rift that's happened between you guys. It could uh, it could because it's so it's so chilly when he's there and him and me so. <laughs> <laughs> 
got something to talk about. <laughs> if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Go ahead and kick us off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin, where can you be found? <laughs> when he grapples. You can find me on Twitter X at DE underscore R-A-Y 1977. Instagram at Delvin Ray. What about you, Jason? Well, you can find me at Jason Albrick on Threads or on Instagram. Alan, how about you? You can find me on most of the social media platforms at Alan J. Porter or my website, alanjporter.com. All right. Thanks, fellas. And thank you all for listening. But now it's time to get your quiver filled with arrows and get ready to fight against taxation. Because our next episode will continue our journey through the 1955 adventures of Robin Hood, the television series. We'll see you next episode for episode seven, The Challenge, or in French, Le Challenge. The meetup location, Sherwood Forest, or in French, Sherwood Forest. I am at Yard Sale Artist on X, Instagram, Did we Facebook. You? <laughs> you can find my artware at www.theyardsaleartist.com. I can also be found at the dumpster behind Captain D's. It doesn't smell bad, though, because I have Airwick. D's nuts. D's nuts. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.